Hi, I'm Leon Gorin, CEO and President of PEO Leadership, North America's premier network and leadership advisory firm. Today on our Snippets podcast, we have Scott McNair, President of Stryker Canada and a member of our global leadership group. Scott, welcome to our show today. Great. It's great to be here and, and see you, Leon. That's awesome. Scott, tell us a little, let's start off a little bit about your career. I mean, you've been, you've hit all the big companies, Xerox, Boston Scientific, and you've been at Stryker now for quite a while, actually. You're the president. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, actually, I look back to my my early days of my career. Xerox was a fantastic, still is a, a great company, but th- that that really gave me a solid base. And uh, there were there were times throughout my career I, I thought a lot about you know the entrepreneurial side of things. But I I, I kind of growing up in the corporate culture and, and kind of it is who I am. And uh, I was fortunate enough that that you know as I mentioned, Xerox was a great start and. I remember uh, I had a friend of mine that said, you got to get into this medical device space. And um, the reason being is that Xerox seemed to slow a little bit. The copier market seemed to slow and and the medical device industry seemed really exciting. Uh, It also was um, an industry where I felt there was deep rooted relationships and and trust needed in working with customers. So I I moved into, uh, moved over to Boston Scientific, started out as a sales rep, moved into a regional manager and then eventually oversaw one of their commercial uh, divisions uh, for all of Canada, which was our endoscopy division. So it was heavily weighted in gastroscopes and things along those lines. So colon- you think of colonoscopies, you think of those type of procedures. I was heavily, um, I was overseeing that, that, um, that business. And then uh, Stryker came calling uh, to run one of their commercial businesses, uh, very similar to the one I was in at, at Boston. Um, but what I liked about Stryker was uh, the, the portfolios they were in and also wasn't a direct competitor of Boston Scientific. Um, and uh, I just saw a tremendous growth in the area of orthopedics uh, and then also all of their product portfolios. I think it's probably one of the best things that we have going for us at Stryker outside of our people and our culture is, is our product portfolio. It's, it's, it's high demand products that are improving patients' lives. Um, so I kind of, came through the ranks at, at um, Stryker for 12 years in Canada and, and been president for the last uh, four. What would, uh, what would we recognize as a product that you guys sell? Like that? Uh, right now in the world of COVID-19, if you see an EMS ambulance pulling up to a hospital or pulling up to a, a long-term care facility, unfortunately you would see one of our yellow cots come back, uh, come out of a, of uh, one of those EMS am- ambulance. So they're, they're really, they're yellow cots. And, and also if you see any beds or stretchers within the hospital, um, those typically are, are, are striker or, or one of our competitors. Those are the most visible ones because a lot of our other products are actually in the body. They're implants. So if you think about an implant for a hip or knee replacement or a neuro uh, treatment for treating stroke, those, those aren't as visible, but uh, those the ones I mentioned are the most visible ones. So I, I, I know you're living out in Vancouver. You weren't always living out in Vancouver, right? Was the striker, was, was that the end up, that's how you ended up moving out there? Yeah. So one of the roles I took at striker was to oversee all of uh, Western Canada for all our divisions. So we have eight commercial divisions that represent um, uh, you know, our commercial setup throughout the country. So I came out, um, I was actually doing it a little bit from Ontario 
Um, and I was traveling West all the time. And, and my wife just said, this is crazy. Like, you know, and, and <laughs> the company had said, we, you, you can move anytime you want. So, and I said, where, and they're like, wherever you want. So, uh, my wife and I decided that uh, Vancouver was the spot. So we, we, had, we had said we'd come out for a couple of years um, and kind of we kept our house in Ontario. And I, I did the job for a couple of years and um, the, the job extended into a couple more years. And, and we just at that time decided, you know, we're going to sell our place in Ontario. We're going to move. And a part of me was like, Ooh, we're going to we're going to completely cut our ties from Ontario. And we're both from Ontario. Uh, but, but we did, and we, we jumped into the Vancouver housing market and, uh, you know, our kids are kind of growing up on the West coast. They were, they were 10 and eight when they, uh, got to Vancouver and now they're, um, 18 and, uh, 16. Well, it's funny cause then it flipped on you, right? Cause then as far as I've known, like, as long as I've known you, you've been flying yeah. the opposite direction into That's Toronto right. under the head That's off. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that job came, uh, it came four years ago and the, the, we talked a lot about moving back. And uh, the first year was a bit of a transition year to see how it would go. The kids were still in school. And then after that first year, um, you know, my kids really came to me and said, you know what, like, we don't want to move back, dad. We're in high school. And, and uh, I don't think my wife wanted to move back either, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, you know, uh, with all those things being said, you know, that and, and the fact that I actually quite enjoy Vancouver as well, like, how can you not? It's, it's a, it's a great opportunity to unplug, get away from things. Um, I find I unplug here better than ever anywhere. So, yeah. uh, so we decided to stay. You're living in one of the best places in the world. Yeah. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit, you know, the environment today, uh, you're operating, I think you said about 25% when I was speaking to you, Yeah. Um, you've got your distribution running. How's the world going to change when you start to reopen? I, we're all moving to in that direction now in terms of the reopen, but yeah. you've gotten exposed to doing things differently. You've really started leveraging the virtual world. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that you think are going to be a little bit different now going forward for you guys. Yeah. I'll break it down into two. I'll break it down into sort of our sales force and I'll break it down in sort of in our support functions at the office. So I would say on the sales side, there's going to be a lot more, I think, virtual type of discussions with customers and with surgeons and even from a support perspective. So we, we have different product portfolios that, that really have different service levels. One being, you know, to service, uh, and, and sell a customer, um, uh, uh, a cot or a, a, a bed or a stretcher is very different than selling something into the operating room. They're two different types of environments. So um, the, the operating environment, the operating room environment, I think is going to change a lot, but I think virtual is one. Um, and how are, how are the customers going to um, perceive or allow reps to come back into the hospital? Right. So there, there is an aspect of that. Like I, I tell you right now, we do have reps going into hospitals throughout this, this COVID-19 pandemic, but you know, they're covered up with PPE and things along those lines. So I think virtually that will change. And I just think at the office from a support structure perspective, you might see more people working remotely. We had a, we had a flexible, um, flexible work policy in place before, before this. Um, Some people took advantage of it. Some people did not, but I think the one thing that we have noticed is, is that people can work from home. They are, we, we have set people up at home with, with technology. So I think there'll be less big meetings early on. You know, I think 
you know, strikers are what we like to call a high touch culture. We believe in like, we, we like that sort of interpersonal interaction, whether it be, you know, in groups of five or 10 or 20 for that matter. But I think some of that will, will change and we'll utilize technology moving forward. Yeah. It should be interesting. It's funny because it's uh, a lot of businesses are trying to figure this thing out and it's mm-hmm. interesting on the sales side, right? We've always thought about, you got to be in front of this individual. What's it like going to be selling stuff yeah. virtually, yeah. but the amount of time yeah. savings and the more productivity is amazing. It, so. it is amazing. Even, even at the hospital level as well. Right. I mean, I think it's, it's, it, there will be opportunities. I, I, I believe that for sure. I mean, the, the investment on the digital side, you know, we healthcare is, seems to always be behind the digital curve. You know, now it's here. Right, we're seeing the advantages of having digital. So there'll be some infrastructure changes and things like that that probably need to occur. That's great. Yeah. So Scott, I, I know you've all you guys have done some incredible. Well, you were in the midst of doing some incredible stuff. You, you recently bought a plant out in Quebec. You can tell us a little bit of the detail. But you've also somewhat. I'm not sure. Did you convert some of that manufacturing to really get into helping the Canadian healthcare workers here? Oh, we, we did. We, yeah, absolutely. We did. So we, we are, um, one of the things that I like to try to do in my role is, is that, you know, especially when Stryker globally acquires companies, um, you know, and they've acquired a few in Canada, how do we keep those companies in Canada for, from a manufacturing and R&D perspective? I think it helps us locally. Um, right. And a lot of times that manufacturing tends to shift south of the border or to bigger plants or to other areas. So we, we acquired a company in Quebec City about a year ago called TSO3, which was a company that produces sterilizers and, and builds sterilizers. And these sterilizers are typically used to sterilize scopes. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier from my previous life, colonoscopy scopes, uh, any type of high uh, power tools, things that are used in the operating room, go into this sterilizer. It's like a big dishwasher and cleans and disinfects everything that's used in a procedure. So that happens every day in every hospital across the country. Um, so we, we thought this would be a great opportunity to acquire this company to put into one of our portfolios because some of our hand pieces and some of our devices are going in there and being cleaned. It would just add to our product portfolio. So um, we acquired the company and uh, it was in the process of shifting some of the manufacturing south of the border. Um, but that was sort of put on hold early this year. But one of the uh, ingenious move by one of our engineers in Quebec City said, you know what, with all the shortage of masks, uh, the N95 masks and everything going on with PPE, we should see if we can re-sterilize some of these masks with the technology. And um, lo and behold, uh, there was other tests being done with other uh, sterilizers. Um, the, the, the outcomes that were coming uh, as a result of this testing was positive, right? So there was a shortage. So we, we put this forward to uh, Health Canada um, as a sort of a short-term um, uh, solution to fight the pandemic of shortage of PPE. And, and Health Canada had a five-day window to get back to, to companies if that was suitable. And we actually got a response back from them in two days saying, Hey, we'd like to talk to you about this technology, um, how safe it is and, and whatnot. And there's other sterilizers looking to go down this road as well. So that probably helped us as, as well. But 
we entered into discussions with them. We said, look, we, we have a, a number of these machines available. They're manufactured in Quebec City. Um, you know, uh, you know if, if you feel it's safe and you're going to approve it from Health Canada, we, we want to partner with you and, and find homes for these number of units uh, throughout the country. And, and long story short, we, we went from regulatory approval to working with the government of Canada to getting a contract to supplying a number of different sterilizers across the country to sterilize PPE. And I think, you know, we, we've had a plan that in terms of how we're rolling that out. So it was a really a great success story um, and, and a safe one too. I think some people realize, feel that, you know, well, you're going to sterilize something or reuse it or whatnot, <laughs> yeah. but, but it is safe. It's been tested. It's true. I mean, there's devices used every day in the operating room that, that, you know, cut tissue, cut bone that are reused, that's re-sterilized. So it was a great contract. We were awarded, kind of helped us get through sort of this downtime because a big portion of our, our um, sales and revenue comes from elective procedures. Right. So that side of our, that side of our business is gone completely you know, standstill. Um, yes. So it helped, it helped from a revenue perspective, but it was really a, a great contract and some innovative thinking by uh, a real smart engineer in Quebec city to say, you know, we could help with this, uh, this type of solution. That's awesome. And yeah. so the units are already out there. You've, you've yeah. Started- so we've, I think we've placed 10 already um, throughout the country and, and we worked with the, the government of Canada to get 80 uh, throughout the country over the next. Um, so we've just gotten 10. A big part of it was, uh, once the government had made the decision, it went to the provinces and then the provinces determined what hospitals were going to get it. So it was a bit of a, you know, we, we tried to just support them as best we can on, on that. Um, because it seemed like a lot of different hospitals wanted it. Some didn't want it. Some weren't site ready. Cause when you think of it, it's, as I mentioned, the best analogy is it's like a big fridge that looks like a dishwasher that has to go into a hospital setting. And, and, uh, sometimes they're not always, uh, prepared for that type of install. Yeah. So, but it was been, been really good and positive for the organization. It was a real good, good story and a good boost for, um, for the Canadian team as well. Yeah. And I, I love the story of that engineer sort of coming to you guys and saying, Hey, here's an idea. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I was, he's from about a week and he started testing these, these masks to right through to health Canada approval. It was uh, pretty spectacular. Oh, that's yeah. great. Well, yeah. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your insights, a little bit of your My story. pleasure. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in one of our the WayForward live webcasts and or other snippets, please take a moment and visit, visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find on our site various previous recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Professor Janice Stein and Harvard's Rosabeth Cantor, where we've covered such topics as mental health, leadership, the World Reset, Government Stimulus Package, and a host of others. Again, if you'd like to find out more about our leadership and community, please feel free to reach out directly to www.po-leadership.com. That concludes our session. Thanks again, Scott. Yeah, thank you, Leon.